know that sometimes relationships can be tricky. I think you're right on, my friend. Luckily for you, there's Matt Townsend, your guide on the side to help you find out how rewarding they can be when handled right. I definitely think husbands are more afraid of their wives than wives are their husbands. Sometimes it can even be fun. Shut up and do what you're told. Shut up and do what you're told. Yeah. Afternoons with Matt Townsend, only here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, So as you travel the country for business or vacation, we are a diverse people, right? You can tell that. Just look around. Every city is so different. Do you believe that? Well, or are we really just exactly the same? We're going to be talking about it next up on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Based on the recent massacres and actions in Syria, the former UN Secretary General says he sees the Syrian conflict moving towards civil war. Reporting the new horror of another massacre in Syria, Special Envoy Kofi Annan says everything is getting worse. If things do not change, the future is likely to be one of brutal repression, massacres, sectarian violence and even all-out civil war. All Syrians will lose, Annan told the General Assembly. He says the only way the international community can head off the worst is to unite to stop it. His appearance came just after Secretary General Ban Ki-moon reported U.N. observers were shot at as they attempted to investigate the new massacre in the central Syrian province of Hama. Warren Levinson, New York. Nations across the globe are reacting to the Syrian conflict, but not all agree on what actions to take. Meeting with other foreign ministers in Turkey, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton is denouncing the latest massacre in Syria, saying it is simply unconscionable. Uh, Assad has doubled down on his brutality and duplicity. She says the Syrian president has got to go. Not so fast, say Russia and China. At a Beijing conference of Asian nations, they say there's still time for diplomacy, adding they're opposed to military intervention, more sanctions, or the forced transfer of power against the Syrian regime. I'm John Belmont. Professional networking site LinkedIn and online dating service eHarmony have both been hacked, and users' passwords have been compromised. If you use LinkedIn for work or business contacts or eHarmony for dating possibilities, web security experts say you should change your passwords. A LinkedIn blog post notes that the companies deactivated those accounts that were compromised by passwords posted on the Internet, and affected accounts will be sent emails with further instructions. eHarmony says it's reset the passwords of affected users and also sent out instructions on what to do next. It's not known who was behind the cyber attack. Kyle McKinnon, London. New information on how widespread texting while driving is among young drivers is causing some concern. One in three high school students admit to driving while distracted, and a majority of high school seniors say they have. It comes out of the first federal study of how common the habit may be. Howell Wexler, the head of the CDC's Adolescent and School Health Program, says the younger the driver, the greater the risk of a deadly crash. Younger drivers under the age of 20 are at increased risk and have the highest proportion of distraction-related fatal crashes. Researchers who study the use of technology say typical teens generally send and receive about 100 text messages a day and think it's okay to send or receive messages in the car. I'm Diane Kepley. 
You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can every day on this show to help you and your loved ones grow healthy, happy relationships and to really try to figure your way through this crazy, muddy world we um, we all are trying to live in. And today, I think we've got a pretty exciting topic for you. We're going to be bringing in an expert that about an expert in humans that you might not think would just naturally be an expert. Okay, we're bringing in a folk artist who is uh, who just apparently gets around, and I mean that in the best way possible. He gets out. He's been in every country virtually. I'm just making. I don't know if it's every country, but he's been in almost every state. And he paints and does folk art of um, all these people in the different states. But he gets to meet thousands of people. He has millions of adoring fans. Um, Eric Dowdle, he's also a host on the radio sh- on the BYU radio, so I'm sure you've heard him. He's on every uh, evening on BYU radio, Monday through Friday, I believe. We're going to bring him on and pick his brain about humans, people, and how we're all so different, right? How have you many times have you been just going down the street in another state while you're traveling with your family and you're like, these people are so different from us? Have you ever thought that? Or have you actually ever got out and just gone to the store and talked to them and figured out, you know what, we really probably have a lot more in common than we do um, separating us. To me, a lot of times I think we are always out there trying to figure out how messed up everyone else is when in reality we are so close together. We all are a little messed up. We all have our own fears, our own concerns, and today on the show we're going to be talking about it. We're going to find those things that we all have in common. We're going to um, go across the country and even maybe the world with uh, Eric Dowdle and figure out what is it that makes us human and what is it that we all share. Now, Carl Jung once had a quote that said, that which is most personal is most universal. So the things out there in the world that you feel most personally are the things that most unite us as humans. And today, that's what we're on in the search of. We're in search of figuring out what are the keys to being human, what do we all share, and we're going to get a bird's eye view from an artist on what he sees. Now, before we do that, though, we have got to first critique the driving. We know it's true. I'm sure if you've ever been on a business vacation or any kind of vacation or a trip and you're all over the country, you got to be questioning the driving of all these crazy people out there, right? One of the obvious defining attributes of a city is most often their driving habits, which we don't like to talk about and which are always present and driving you crazy. Let's go to Rob Sanders, who's got a piece on that. Let's look at the rainbow. What's in there? Depression, insomnia, motor mouth, dotting eyes, indecisiveness, decisiveness. You know, we'll come back to that. That was some dark force that we don't quite know what that was. Um, they're going to figure that out. As I sit and work with people in couples, uh, organizations, and I travel teaching kind of people how to deal with conflict and manage things, I found that in the end – 
Um, there's so many things that we actually have in common. For example, I've had couples fighting, arguing over things that they thought for sure they were so off on, like the husband and the wife having a conversation, an argument they have fought about forever. And when I sit with them, I listen, and as I listen, I think they don't seem to actually disagree. It, it seems like we're actually in agreement here, but we're fighting about something. And as I as I turn to the couples and ask them to actually, do you agree with what they're saying? Like, for example, had a couple where the wife was so frustrated because she never gets help around the house and the husband doesn't seem to care. And she feels like she's the only one working and it's not fair. And as, as I'm sitting there and I turn to him, I say, I call him by name. Let's say his name is Larry. Larry, do you agree that you should help more around the house? And he's like, oh, absolutely. And do you agree that your wife does more work in the house than anybody? For sure. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so, man, uh, do you agree that she needs a break more than anyone on earth? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you're like, okay, so we're pretty much with you, Diane. We're with you. We totally get you. We even believe you do more work. But for some odd reason, when they're arguing and fighting and caught up in it, he then has to defend himself because it all started with the fact that she said he didn't care. You must not care. And he's like, where I disagree with her is I care. I know I don't do any work. I know I need to do more. I know she feels like it's not fair. I know she needs a break, and I know she needs it more than anyone on earth. But that's not what we're talking about. I do care. Sometimes when we're trying to deal with people that are different from us, we only see the differences. And in reality, life is not just about a bunch of differences. Sometimes there's so many similarities, and we want to make sure we're looking for where what we, the things we have in common instead of trying to always differentiate ourselves, instead of um, trying to figure out how we're different. And by the way, the same is probably true as we're driving our cars in other states, okay? Let's try that piece one more time from Rob Sanders. Driving is my hobby. A lot of guys grab skis and head up the mountain. I grab my car keys and head down to the freeway. It's just what I do. And driving habits really do vary from place to place, as you've seen as you've traveled around. Take the Pacific Northwest. Some of the most courteous drivers I've ever seen, they gently rolled to a stop to let a tumbleweed roll by. If Portland or Seattle had tumbleweeds, which they don't. But that courtesy comes at a heavy price. They are so slow. I don't think a single car in Portland has ever gone above 48 miles per hour. And they have this naive dissatisfaction as they can't figure out how the rest of the country could be so rude out on the roads. Now, around the office talking with everybody, it seems like everyone has a strong opinion about some place they've lived. Calgary drivers, uh, my experience, are quite courteous. They uh, let you in. They don't drive the speed limit quite like Seattle drivers, I think. Wave a friendly hand when you do something nice for them. Washington, D.C., if you try and drive sane in D.C., you're going to crash and hurt other people because you're not insane. It doesn't work that way. Going from one end of the road to the other and then back again, um, just crossing as many lanes of traffic as possible for no real good reason. Texas drivers are very kind and polite, yet they drive very big vehicles. It's kind of intimidating when you're driving a small car. I love to visit California because I really think they're actually some of the country's best drivers. They flow better. They drive nice and fast, traffic permitting. Sure, at 5 o'clock, L.A. is a parking lot. But at 8 p.m., it's a racetrack. 
It's kind of the survival of the fittest thing, and all the bad drivers got priced out because their insurance went too high. Though I do admit for them, stop signs are effectively yield signs, and they have this California cut thing where they'll be in the fast lane and go, oh, there's my off-ramp, and they'll cut across three lanes to get off. When you're driving around in Kansas City, you see the Missouri license plates, and you just get mad. <laughs> you know, they're going to cut you off or something. Kind of a prejudice. Most of the time, people drive fast in Kansas. They'll stay to the, the left side, and they'll, they'll cruise. But the Missouri drivers have a tendency to drive their trucks and, and sit in the left lane doing 70 <laughs> when everybody wants to be doing 70. Driving through downtown Chicago and just trying to get on the interstate, and it was... I mean, completely, like, bumper to bumper, and we kept putting our blinker on, and, like, as we would, like, start to get an opening, like, a car would speed ahead, and, like, we just couldn't get on. And in Albuquerque, I thought the drivers were actually pretty good, except, like, Arizonans, they seem to, like, to randomly just pop out in front of you when you're going 45 miles an hour, and you have to kind of swerve around. And they don't get the freeway. It's just like a big road to them. Now, if your travel plans involve flying over water, <laughs> the drivers get even worse. Paris, France. And I looked out the hotel window, and Paris has no signs, lights, arrows, nothing. No rhyme to reason cutting in front of each other. It's just this mass of cars, and no one was crashing. It's just amazing. There's this thing it's called the Puerto Rican creep. Any situation when you're driving, they'll just creep on over, and they'll just force, even, there's, even if there's not any room in between you and the car in front of you, there was power outage. All the electricity had gone out in the the, the middle of the intersection was like a giant jigsaw puzzle. Everyone thinks the drivers from where they live are the worst in the country. I daily think Utah drivers are some of the worst, but even our drivers can't match my friend's description of a Boston commute. Bumper to bumper at 80 miles an hour. Don't have a single gap or somebody will slide in and take it. But yeah, I think a driver on the West Coast is probably a bit more chilled out than somebody with the intensity of an East Coast commute. But I think we all can kind of rest easy knowing that your city's drivers really aren't more terrible than everywhere else. They're just different in how they're terrible. What a positive way of looking at it, Rob. It's not that they're worse than you. It's just that they're worse in a different way. That is it. Differences. We've all got them. Every state, every city, every town. Think about it. East side, west side of cities, they, we get divided. But when it comes down to humanity, we're all the same. We're going to take a break here on the Matt Townsend Show. When we come back, we're going to bring on Eric Dowdle, the folk artist, the master, the master traveler. And he's going to he's going to give us insight, ideas in what is so universal about the human race That's next up on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A NASA imaging technique may soon be following doctors' orders and given a new role in the treatment of breast cancer. This is Innovation Now. Researchers are prescribing a new role for space industry technology in the medical field. Three-dimensional thermal tomography or 3DTT, is a relatively new technology used by NASA to detect defects in composite materials for vehicles like the space shuttle or new spacecraft. The technique involves applying heat or cold to a material. The resulting temperature change is then observed with an infrared camera to find any irregularities. Recently, 3DTT has been studied to predict tissue damage in breast cancer patients who have undergone radiation therapy. Data suggests up to 80% of radiation therapy patients develop skin reactions, some very severe. The hope is that the technology will detect the changes that trigger these reactions early 
predicting their severity before discomfort occurs. 3DTT may also be used to detect other skin diseases, such as skin cancer, and measure skin damage caused by electricity or lightning. If the studies are confirmed, the imaging technique could move from spacecraft to the examining room. STAT. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Start your day right with Marcus Smith and the BYU Radio Morning Show. You've touched a nerve in my family because I think T-Ball is solely responsible for the fact that my children will never be great athletes. Lifestyle news, current events, science and technology, and just plain fun. (laughs) I want you to answer my question. (laughs) You'll be feeling good all day long when you start your day with Marcus Smith and The Morning Show. Monday through Friday mornings at 9 Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Little Beach Boys. Now, nothing creates the sense of just Americana than the Beach Boys, except the artwork of Eric Dowdle. Now, if you have not seen his artwork, um, you're missing out. He paints by the numbers, which is seriously amazing. And he's joining us today, Eric Dowdle from Dowdle Folk Art. He He really does get... What America, hometown, world feels like. Eric Dowdle, welcome to the show. Well, Matt, thank you for having me. You're way too kind. I can't hear myself. I don't know if you can hear Turn me. Turn up your little knobby All knob. Right, that's what we need. There oh, there go. I am. So there you are. You're really nice. Now, what's that... funny, Eric, is you have a radio show, and you didn't know how to turn up your headset. Well, you know, they hold my hand all the way through the show. <laughs> You're a pro, brother. You I'm just telling go. you. They let me turn my own little knobby knob there. Hey, well, what a fun topic you have today. Yes, yeah, so check this out. We had John. Eric might be thinking, well, why? I mean, Eric has a travel show on BYU Radio. It's a travel, but it's more than travel because you travel the world. And then you actually will go to a town and paint the town. Yeah. So my job is to get in, go and meet the people, do what a tourist would do, just get under the sidewalk and find out what makes that place tick. That's so, cool. So with the, the concept of what you're talking about, I really have to figure that out. Because yeah. if I get home and I miss it and I paint Boston or yeah. Hong Kong and I don't capture the people or the flavor. The spirit of it. Yeah, the emails come in. They're like, that's not Hong Kong. What well, it's you- interesting. So you're not you're not painting objects. You're painting a feel. Yeah. I, a lot of pe- Some people have asked me before, what is folk art? And I go, I guess folk art is people and their relationships with their environment, uh-huh. which makes all of us, you know, we're all a part of a folk art painting, yeah, if you will. I totally. mean, we are the flavor of wherever you live. Mm-hmm. If you're in Alaska, there's a flavor. We talked about this a couple weeks on our show where... Every place has a, a unique twist that makes it similar yet different. Right. And I, I love the topic because yeah. when I go in, I go, wow, they're not much different than us. But, wow, in this area, they big difference. are. For example, the, the driving part that you were yeah, talking about. Yeah. I, I went to, from <laughs> Boston to Texas. I, went, I moved well, there. They all drive the same cars. Yeah. Well, the last five through a red light in Boston are totally legal. <laughs> and my first week in Texas. Yeah. And there's such such a different mentality. Yep. They're not in a hurry in Texas. And this guy in front of me while I'm driving down the road yeah. between two cities, uh, we're going pretty quick. All of a sudden, he just pulls off the road. And I'm like, something must be wrong with his car. Yeah, he's having a break. And I'm trying to do a good deed. So I, I pull up behind him, and I get out, and I walk up to his window, and I go, sir, are you okay? Is your car all right? And he goes, no, nah, you look like you were in a hurry. 
So why don't you just get on by? And I'm like, what a nice are man. You, are you kidding me? You pulled off the road so Huge. I could get by. And oh. you got, yeah, and you had all these people hating you in Boston, yeah. probably. Yeah, and that's the South. And now if that guy did that in the in Boston, they he get, get shot. Yeah, I don't, and we don't want to just, <laughs> but they're just a little more aggressive. It's not that's wrong so or it's true. not right. It's just different. Isn't so. that, see, my worst, and I didn't even think of that. I should have known that because I got a rental car. And I'm used to driving like a bigger car, like a Suburban. We have a right. big family. So I'm in Boston, and they say, do you in want a, a bigger car? No, in, oh. uh, an Expedition. Oh, okay. A Ford Expedition. And I'm like, well, sure, let's get an Expedition. How oh, hard my. could that be in Boston? Oh, my. Horrible. Well, the roads there are Horrible. half as <laughs> yeah. thick as they are here. I know. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, you're, you're a road hog. So what do you notice? Okay, so that's kind of the east, northeast, and the south. What do you notice with the west? You know, we're we're kind of uh, we're the teenagers of the country. <laughs> we're the free you know, spirits. The, the East Coast looks at us and goes, "Well, they're young. Yeah, they're growing up out west, yeah. so they're kind of spreading their wings. They're yeah. inventing new things. <laughs> they're coming up with trends. And if you watch the yeah. trends, they all come out of California yeah, in that those area. Crazy California. Yeah, and then they spread west. So we're very immature in their eyes. But in 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 some areas, it's really interesting. When I moved from uh, Boston again uh, after I went finished my time in Texas, yeah. I went back to Boston. Was that was prison, right? Yeah, well, you served yeah. some time. And there's a statute of limitations. I'll get back someday. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They'll expunge so, your record. Just, yeah. So I, uh, I'll, uh, I came back here, and we noticed something really quick, and how open, how creative we are in the West. And let me explain. I mean, if you had, uh, if you were eating lunch in Boston, and you spilt something on your shirt, all your buddies would kind of look at each other and go, "I'm so embarrassed for Matt. He He's just does. He doesn't know stuff. how to eat." Yeah. What a pain. Wow. Well, yeah. That's embarrassing. Here, your buddy will go, hey, you got stuff all over you. What are you doing? And, and they'll help you out. They're really, they're, they're really, uh, we're much more creative. When we ask somebody out to a date, we get a plunger, we stick it on the door, <laughs> and it has a note that says, hey, take the plunge with me this Saturday, and let's go to the prom or whatever. Yeah. In the East Coast, they just go, hey, what are you doing Saturday? <laughs> I, so do you want to go or don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so Isn't the, that the way we approach things in the West, from what I've gathered Jeez. in that arena, big difference. In- Midwest, what do you see there? Boy, that's just like that's, there's a reason why when you watch the evening news, they talk like the Midwest because that's the middle of everything. Yeah, they've got a little bit of the South there, they got a little bit of the East, yeah. a little bit of the West, and so that re- that's our heartland. Yeah, so it's it's conservative, it's simple, it's uh, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. If you need some help, I'm there. But uh, for the most part, don't don't give me too much of a rough yeah, time. Yeah. It's a it's a great mix cool. of the entire country. Right Where's your favorite? So you've painted. Just give us a rundown of a bunch of the. Let's go America first. Where have you sat and painted? Where are? I mean, the neat thing then too, you it's people can get. If you've gone to New Orleans and painted something, they can actually go to your website and see that painting and find that painting. But where where have you gone? Give us the list. Oh, the list is it's vast, but I'll I'll give you a couple of my favorites yeah. and some that really stand out because yeah. of how different they were and yet how similar. Cool. New, New Orleans, you yeah, mentioned that one. It. It's a great uh, the history of New Orleans will give you a greater understanding of why it is what it is. And yes, it gets a reputation for being seedy. It's kind yeah. of Vegas-ish. Yeah. But if you go out and this is how it is in every town. You right. can find the pony amongst the manure <laughs> if you look, okay? <laughs> and uh and and Vegas is that way and New Orleans that way. But New Orleans, it's such a flavor. And, and there's a few things you look for when you go into a town. You find out their history. And, and New Orleans, for example, it, you know, pirates helped establish. Uh, I know. That yeah, the, starts the, the fr- it right there. French prisoners right. were brought over. They had a choice between prison or go to That's New right. Orleans. 
And so, Voodoo. Yeah, you bring those two yeah. things together, you're already off on a bad. I mean, then <laughs> yeah, you go up to Boston. A creative bent. Then you go up to Boston. It's the Puritans. That's All right, right. Puritans <laughs> and 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 prisoners, Look both starting paradox. a city. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so now here we are, two hundred years later. It still has a flavor that's totally different than any other place, but unique. And yet, at the same time, uh, progress to the point where. You can hear the history. You can participate yeah. on whatever level you want. And you can keep it G, PG, uh-huh. PG-13 or whatever. But yeah. uh, that's what I loved about New Orleans. Underrated. Beads or no beads. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's I went great. no beads time. And oh, boy. So that's it, probably healthier. It was pretty. I, I went and chased alligators. It was cool. That's great. But New Orleans was one. New Orleans. Where else? Uh, one of my favorites. Anything up in the New England area, uh, You, you. It's uh, it's so... Patriotic. Oh, no. It's it's got a patriotic underpinning. Yet yeah. they're very. I mean, depending on your political views, some may say, "Oh, they're too liberal for me," or they're yeah. way conservative. But no matter how you slice it, my favorite thing about New England is you can have a political conversation out there, right. and every home has an American flag. You go to the West or the Midwest, oh, yeah. and there's not an American flag, but because of all the history there, yeah, kind of the yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's the home. It's more. In fact, that would that seems like that is your artwork right there. Yeah. Well, but then all those. Honestly, though, I could see it in New Orleans. Yeah. I oh. can see it's. I guess it's just America. Yeah. You want to chase down the history. You want to see what the food is like because that has a big part of their culture. I was just thinking. Oh yeah. How do you not just love the food part? It and it depends. You, you get to some places like when we did. Uh, we I went to Quebec City. Wow. And, okay, uh, but yeah, that's it's France. Just, so it's not like New York. Well, kind of, but yeah. I, but, well, France, French, yeah, French, Canadian. I guess Paris. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you got to eat what the and great uh, food in Quebec. And one, and by the way, one of the most beautiful cities in North America. If you ever got a chance, especially if it's a romantic moment, really go to Quebec. Take your wife to Quebec. I guarantee you, man, that she will Just love go it. She will love it. See the sights. But it was escargot that I had to eat while there. And, uh, and that was the first uh, introduction to the well, you fact. didn't have to. You, I'm sure they have a KFC. I wanted to feel like oh, you, I, okay. I, you know, you the waitress just looked experience. at me like, you Americans, what are you going to eat? You Americans. And then I. I'll have the snails. Yeah. But so <laughs> I realized at that point, if you dip something in butter and garlic, oh, yeah. you can eat your shoe. A ranch yeah. dressing. Absolutely. Escargot with ranch. Good yeah. stuff. But the history of of that area. Oh, profound. Great. I mean, that, and this is just in North America. Uh, some of my other favorite cities, Seattle, beautiful. On a sunny day, Seattle, one of the most beautiful Hands cities down. in the world. So that's like two days a year, right? Yeah. No, five. Five. Is it five? Last, last year, they, it was an all-time high. But and, well, you're noticing in all of these places, similarities. Same people. Right. But- they just talk different. They do. They talk different. They and and different. then, like I said, when you start talking about the history or how old a city is, mm-hmm. oh, one town, or like I said, the West is a little bit more free-flowing. Well, Midwest, and, kind of founded by the Mormons, the kind of the right. pioneer thing. Yeah, but we are definitely— Miners in the West. We are more creative. I will tell you that. There is a creative flow it's on this desperate. side of the Mississippi. We were desperate to survive. Yeah, yeah. They're like, what are we going to eat tonight? I don't know. <laughs> think, think. We're going to die. Right. So, Tacos. Yeah, yeah. Something good. Yeah. Um, That's just America. That is uh, foreign. Go foreign. What are your favorite foreign cities? Oh, well, I've spent some time in Africa, Kenya. I have a great story. Yeah, might we'll, take come too back. Long. we'll come back after but, that uh, on that one. China. China is fantastic because I, I did leave this out on the underpinnings of a town. You've got the history, but uh, you want to know their religious background because hmm. that will determine a lot of uh, how they think and what they think. Values. And yeah. so forth. Yeah. Uh, and then anything in Europe uh, from an architectural standpoint. But then as time has evolved, you can see how 
their mentality with different forms of government, how yeah. they look at things, and and then more importantly, how they view you, life. Oh, you as an American, yeah. or just you as another human? Yeah. And then as you talk, I love yeah. this about what you said. You pretty soon find one. There's one thing that's always common, and that obviously is the relationship with their families. You go that with any country, and yeah. you'll find that that's the underpinning of us all. Yeah. And the love that they have in that yeah. area, and so it doesn't matter. What you're eating, politics, religion, no. family, family, family. They all love it. And uh, if you can go there with anybody, especially when you meet a celebrity, yeah. you'll have a friend. Is you'll it, have a friend. That's neat. Yeah. Look at you. I, you know, I, it's, I'm not allowed to talk at home, so you've just opened the floodgates. Well, it's gates. almost like, yeah, you're a whole different guy when we let you talk. Yeah, I know. My kids, they get this blank <laughs> stare on their face, and I'm going. Dad's like communicating. Yeah. Please, eat, Dad. Stop talking. <laughs> so. Well, you're. I think you got it, Eric. And um. We're going to come back. When we come back from the break, I really want to hear just some of your favorite humans you've met, the favorite people, a few of the stories, just a little bit of the quirky nature, and a lot. I want to. I do. I want to hear the Kenya story if you can get it in in time. <laughs> I will do my best. You're so good. We're talking to Eric Dowdle, uh, and apparently that little chime you heard there means we're done for this break. We're going to go uh, take a break. We'll be back, and when we come back, we're going to get in deep in understanding all of us, the diversity across America. Thanks for listening to the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Music. Easy to enjoy, but not so easy to produce. Here are the stories behind the music on the Tantara Hour, Wednesdays at 8 Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. I was alone, I took a ride, but didn't know what I would find there. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Presidential fundraising efforts favored Mitt Romney over the president for the first time last month. President Obama and the Democrats raised $60 million in May, and he's off to a multi-million dollar plus start in June with fundraisers like this one in Los Angeles. We've got some stuff done these last three and a half years. Uh, with. Relatively modest cooperation from the other side. The other side is busy raising money to defeat him. More than $76 million in May for Mitt Romney and the Republicans. The first month that Romney has collected more money than Obama, who's known as a fundraising machine. Rita Foley, Washington. The Fed has some plans on how to keep the economic recovery afloat, but so far no timetable has been set. Chairman Ben Bernanke didn't tip his hand when asked point-blank if the Fed is planning to take any action to help boost the economy. I can't directly answer your question. It's too, uh, too soon for me to, to do that. But Bernanke made clear the Fed is ready to act. To protect the U.S. financial system and an economy in the event that financial stresses escalate. Bernanke also told the Joint Economic Committee that policymakers are keeping close tabs on the Eurozone crisis and its impact on the U.S. recovery. Jerry Bodlander, Capitol Hill. One effort to help boost the economy, lowering interest rates, does not seem to be having much of an effect. The rates for 30-year and 15-year mortgages have fallen to record lows for the sixth week in a row. But despite their attractiveness, Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke told lawmakers a lot of people can't take advantage. Lending standards have tightened. 
and the creditworthiness of many potential borrowers has been impaired. And while mortgage applications were up by more than 1% last week, it was mostly because more people applied to refinance their homes. Mortgage applications from first-time home buyers were down for the fourth week in a row. Jerry Bodlander, Capitol Hill. The Secretary of Defense is sending an explicit message to Pakistan while visiting Afghanistan. After arriving in Kabul, Panetta said al-Qaeda-linked terrorists continue crossing the border from Pakistan and attacking American forces. It is an intolerable situation. And Pakistan must stop letting the fighters use their country as a safe haven. We are reaching the limits of our patience here. A suggestion the U.S. is now even more willing and quick to strike terror targets inside Pakistan. A senior defense official acknowledges the recent increase in drone strikes there is due in part to frustration with Islamabad. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Life I love is making music with my friends. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show and Willie Nelson. Oh, that song, that's Americana right there. You like it? I'm digging it. We're back with Eric Dowdle, uh, folk artist, but really a host on BYU Radio. And we wanted to have Eric in because he he has, I think, it's kind of a, it's a unique um, gift where he Eric goes out, goes to a town. A lot of times they brought him in because they want to, you know, have a commemorative, I don't know, painting. And they bring you in. You go meet everyone in town, basically. To the point where they're like, hey, is this like guy leaving? Is, is he ever going to go? When's yeah. he going to make the painting? Right. And then he paints it. But you get to know a lot of people. So I wanted to bring you in and basically talk about people. Uh, you've seen them all over in every culture, all over the country. We're all so different and diverse, and we're so many people fighting for diversity, and we all want to be so unique and so different. And yet, there's so much we're similar on. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, we refer to ourselves as the melting pot here, right. and it's interesting because uh, that's what makes America unique. Yet up north, Canada, for example, they celebrate diversity differently to the point where they don't melt. Up there, I call it a stew. Yeah, like if you want to be Chinese in in Canada, great. Yeah, they want they're not going to make you become. Own it. Yeah, that's right. So it everybody's very. You, you're we're not, more like a puree. Yeah, yeah, and we're less <laughs> melting than we yeah, used to. But, I mean, you came here and you. Well, became. I guess you want to retain, and that's what you're kind of talking about. We want to retain the qualities, celebrate right. what we share in common. Yeah, and you, you and maintain the differences. Yeah, any country would want to say this. They would want to say, "Hey, bring all your good. Yeah. See if we can add to it." That's great. And uh, as as I've as I've traveled, I'll find some of that in these different places with some of these people. I mean, we couldn't be more different. Yeah. And, and one of the things, and you asked me about yeah. some unique people. Um, before you go somewhere, you may think you've got it down, and then you get there and you're completely caught yeah, off guard. And I'll give heck? you an example. Um, and sometimes I go out of town for business to do research or to manufacture. But yeah. uh, when we went to Africa, we were doing some charity work along with some uh, some manufacturing. And 
through some circumstance, we we sat down with the the president of uh, of Kenya. Wow! And we knew we were going to be doing that right since we got there. So we thought, what do we give the president? You know, the cameras are going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting. Give him something. Yeah. So we went to a guy in Bountiful, Utah, who cuts out wood and jigsaw puzzles, and we're thinking, what's the most universal? So we thought of Noah's Ark. Yeah, he liked Noah's Ark. So. We we spent three thousand dollars on this wooden jigsaw puzzle, and I'm telling you, it was stunning. It was so awesome. I carried it on the plane. I did not want it to get messed up. <laughs> so in our minds, we're thinking Kenya, they will love this puzzle. The president, he, we knew he had three kids, and so there we are in front of the cameras. We put it out on the table. I pull off the cover and unveil ta-da. it, and ta-da! And he's like, "Oh my goodness, your painting has broken," and I'm like. No no, 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 it's no. it's a puzzle. It's, it's a... like, no, no, I would talk to customs. This is not acceptable. <laughs> I'm like, no, see, in America, we take our art and we cut it up into pieces and we put it back together. <laughs> he couldn't fathom And he was it. just looking at me like, what an incredible waste of time. Why would you waste your painting? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> oh, so here I'm thinking, a puzzle. Of course they know puzzles. Yeah. He had never seen a puzzle his entire life. Isn't and that? so, uh, you know, we're kind of stuck there going. And, and he went to his cabinet and got us a, a tusk clock that was made in China. And I thought, man, we blew that one. That's, but, that's but what was interesting is that's what great. we thought was technologically slow or oh, something. Yeah. They just well, economically yeah. hadn't found the, the, the value or yeah. time. Why would you do that? Puzzle something you do in leisure. Yeah. And in Africa, these people are working no all the time. Time. Yeah. time. We're trying to stay alive. And I didn't even put that together. And Isn't so, that interesting? Then we went from there and we went out to the, the villages there and, and, and uh, went to the schools. And by the way, oh my goodness, you want to send your kids to uh, Kenyan schools. Because I walk into the room, these kids stand up and they're like, Good afternoon, Mr. Dowdle. Oh, and we're neat. like, these kids are so respectful. And the teacher's like, well, aren't they respectful in America? I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're all over that. <laughs> Mr. Dowdle's what I get called. <laughs> yeah, I got called that last year. Well, so we gave all these kids puzzles, and it was so interesting to see their minds at work on something that we take for granted. Oh, isn't that amazing? And I tell that story just because uh, it, it, it just shows how, uh, after a while, mm-hmm. they, they saw and they were having a good time, but... Uh, Similar but different. Yeah. The things we take for granted, and I also came to the conclusion it might be the it might be better to be the second person to introduce something into a, a <laughs> yeah. country. The next puzzle, yeah, into the Kenya next guy is going to rock. rock. Yeah. Everyone's going to know what that's about. So uh, that the time classic. in Africa to watch the people again. Back to the similarities. Yeah. Their love for family is off the charts. Yeah. It's it's what we are, and that we strive to be. Mm-hmm. And what was funny is at the same. At the same time, because of our technology, they wanted us. They wanted something that we have. And, and with us, we, with technology and everything that's progressed like it is, yeah. we, we come across really – we are stressed. Yeah, totally. We are, we are we so are stressed. stressed. cases. And so I felt like we were sitting there with them as they were trying to implement some of our programs into their – I'm like, <laughs> hey, if you stick with us, you that's could right. be just as stressed out <laughs> as right. us. Give me years and I will stress yeah. you out. And I, we all left going, we want to be more like them Isn't and they're wanting to be more like us. Okay, so there's a universal. We all think everyone else has something better. Yeah. And yet, what we what we have is fairly adequate. Yeah, truly, if not exceptional. These kids were going out of their minds to get a piece of candy. All right, and we're looking at them like, well, it's good and everything, but yeah. you will get sick and die. Yeah. Have you heard of the American <laughs> obesity crisis? Yeah. And there was not an overweight Kenyan that I, I know none, I bet you didn't zero. See any. Well, and they, now you've got them doing puzzles, so now yeah. they're going to start vegging. Yeah, good and that, job. we found good that job, same. Eric. That, yeah, well, that was our goal to destroy society. <laughs> Slowly take Kenya down. <laughs> 
We found that same thing in China, though. Uh, oh, did you? They're, they're all very skinny, and they look at a, a, a larger American, and that that's awesome to them. Well, like, look at that. Oh, they, they're like, they, I took time. my brother over there, and I hope he's listening. He's a rather large mammal. Yeah. And we'd walk down the street. Now, we're the only white people in Shenzhen yeah. where we were doing our manufacturing. So that alone not just, attracted not, you're attention. You're not just white. You're big and yeah, white. Yeah, and so he's big. We look like the number 10 walking down the street, and they're like, they would say stuff like, oh, those Americans have so much money, they must eat all day. <laughs> and so we got to know their yeah, background a little bit. They, totally, dude. They, it was so, you got to go to a place where you're the only guy. That's right. Only person. You that's, want to see, so you're standing out. So you're being the minority there was the big white and, guy. And here, if I, were, if I were to move, I would love to be a different ethnic or, or uh, something background, yeah. religious background, and move to like Utah. Oh, yeah. I, wouldn't it be great? Now, I lived in Boston as, as an LDS, uh, yeah. for, and, and I enjoyed it. I yeah. actually enjoyed that more than being LDS here, because yeah. my neighbor's LDS. Yeah. Everybody's being LDS. LDS in Utah is yeah, like... Sling a dead cat, you're going to hit one. So <laughs> out in Boston... Yeah, we were unique. I mean, yeah. at high school, people were like, hey, rub the lucky Mormon on the head before the basketball <laughs> game. I'm like, I'm a luck charm. What's going on? But we were so different. Right. And that, yet, it was what? You want to be different. I mean, yes. and I guess that's what we all fight for is to be different. And then we overlook where we're all so alike. And so tell me about some Americans you've met. I know you, because I know when you do your art, you actually, you'll go meet somebody and then you'll actually paint them into... The scene you're doing. Yeah, I mean, think about your favorite place. What's your favorite place, for example, Matt? Oh, you got so many. Well, Vegas. No, um, <laughs> I, I really, I love Lake Powell. Okay, that's a great example. Lake Powell. And and my kids love Lake Powell, and they like it. Why? Because yeah. your cell phone yeah. doesn't work. They've got work. Matt. Yeah. They've got all of you. And so, or are those, gr- the or the uh, Red Rocks, the Orange Mountains there. And this, and you're, you're truly at peace. And so because of that, you make a memory there. That's very strong, mm-hmm. and there's such an attachment. There's a personal. It moves the meter. Yeah, totally. And that, those are the places I need to paint. To move the meter. Yeah, and so you want to be a part of that, and so we have a we have something where people can actually become a part of the painting, and we've done that where and and I've had some great. We had we did some a painting for uh, Steve Young's foundation, and which uh-huh. was great because they they were like this big firewall, not going to let me meet Steve yeah. Young. You are not getting to Steve. But I spent enough time with him where it was it was great. I mean, think about his celebrity yeah. status. All right. After you got through the celebrity status, and I, I tell this to anybody who, who wants to have a conversation with a celebrity, talk about their kids, their wife, their family. Every time. And as soon as I started talking to Steve about his kids, uh, it was a perfect, you know, we were equals. Yeah. We yeah. were equals. We we're both raising Parents. kids. Parents. We're yeah. in the throw of it all. And then, you know, if we wanted to, to talk about uh, something else, yeah, it happened. But that's where their passion was. That's amazing. But Lake Powell, I was doing that painting, put, put Steve in it. You got some uh, emotion around it. And we want to make them a part of the city. Uh, it uh, it just makes well, more of attraction. That's that's an interesting – so you're, you're sitting here. Of everything that's most universal, it's family. I would that's say. That's like if you had to – I mean, other than the fact that we have two eyes and we're breathing and right. we have respiratory systems, but it's family. Yeah, I'd say in my conversation in China where I was working with my uh, – this is back when we manufactured. We now do it all in America. But in, uh, <laughs> I was talking to the manager, and, and, and now 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you couldn't have a religious conversation. Right. But we started going down that road, and I just asked him, so what do you think happens – you know, and, and I knew this guy had a family. I knew he loved his family yeah. and everything. But I said, what, what happens when you die according to your religious background? He goes, no, you die, it's all over. And I'm going, well, try this out. 
there's a body, there's a soul, a spirit. Yeah. They come together to make the soul. Yeah. The body dies, the spirit lives on forever, and you continue to grow. What do you think of that? And the wife of the manager goes, oh, that sounds so wonderful. Give life much more purpose, more meaning. And the manager, the guy goes, no, nah, you, you, you die, it's all over. You die. Yeah. But as we talked more about that, it didn't matter whether you, your concept was life after death or not. They both, the husband and wife, oh, the family. Yeah. They, and they only get one child over there. So That's that right. one child it was matters. everything. And and uh, with or without religion. Yeah. That was cost. It was, uh, it was uh, something we had in common. Huge. Yeah. So. Uh, Eric Dowdle. There's so many great places, though, with so many different flavors. Give uh, me one more. I've got to go to one place oh, fast. Oh, heavens. Amsterdam. Ooh, really? Yeah, Amsterdam. It's very socialized nation, so they have a different way of thinking. Yeah. Um, yet, again, family. Just trying to make a living, and boy, does everybody every place love their food. And by the way, if you want a good waffle, where do you go? Man, go waffle to House. Yeah. In Wha- Louisiana. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or any street on any cart in Amsterdam. And Amsterdam again. Oh, that's that's another. That's like uh, New Orleans. You can find what you want to find. That's right. What a great place to visit. Have you heard of Egos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who Man, them is good waffles. <laughs> That's See, awesome. Oh, they look at us in that. I arena, know. They must just, think they just go. What well, are you guys and it's doing? The same thing with our chocolate. I mean, we're just we're lowbrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, good stuff, Eric Dowdle. No, Eric, they can find you, uh, Dowdle Folk Art, dowdlefolkart dot dot com, just like that. Okay, so, my friend. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, you have a great show. And all too. you out there, now you you get this persona of Matt on the on the radio off air. Same guy. Really cool. Very cool. Same Very cool. crazy yeah. dude. He's as unstable off air as oh, he is on. You have no idea. And so, and you can, they can hear you every night, apparently, on BYU Radio. I guess every single night. 7 o'clock. And I, I apologize. 10 and o'clock, 9 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, that's sign language. Way to go. Our that's producers good. are you'd so think, You'd actually think you'd know the time of your show, Eric, yeah. which is ironic. You don't. Yeah, that's um, true. Thanks again, my friend. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you. And we're going to come back right after this to the Matt Townsend Show on XM, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Making polluted groundwater safer is now easier and faster thanks to a creative solution launched at NASA. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. During the Apollo era, workers used chemicals to clean Saturn rocket engine parts around the launch facilities. Later, those chemicals were categorized as dense, non-aqueous phase liquids, and the groundwater around the launch site was considered contaminated. It looked like cleaning up the mess without further damaging the environment could be a long and expensive process for NASA. But researchers at the University of Central Florida and a company called Geocentec worked with the agency and came up with an innovative biological approach to degrade contaminants in the water while the water is still in the ground. The solution is a technology known as EZVI, or Emulsified Zero Valent Iron. EZVI uses an emulsion which can be injected into the ground at contaminated sites. There, it soaks up the toxic chemicals and breaks them down into non-toxic compounds. This bio-augmented remediation process works quickly, taking only months to do what used to take a decade. EZVI has become one of NASA's most popular licensed technologies as it's now used around the world to help make groundwater safer. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Who's that... uh... Charlie Chaplin to him. Smile. 
we go, guys. One second, you get in jet and to ten, and you get 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 in ten, and you get in jet and to ten, and you get in jet. Rich, live, unedited music. The kind of music that takes you back. The kind of music only played on Highway 89 every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just had Eric Dowdle with this folk artist extraordinaire, storyteller. He is quite the storyteller. And uh, that's just the stories. You, you only heard the ones on air. I mean, there's more to it. But you can get more of Eric Dowdle, again, um, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, Eric does a travel show when he brings in guests from the area, the locations he's gone to, and um, they just kind of talk about the different parts of the world and the country. And you don't want to miss that. Now, also, if you want more information about Eric and his artwork, you can go check some of that out at um, Dowdle, D-O-W-D-L-E, Folk Art, F-O-L-K-A-R-T.com. DowdleFolkArt.com. Now, I, I really just love this idea of how... We again, I think we all fight to be so different. I think we try to, we want to stand out. We think, we think the flavor we bring um, to the world is this flavor of eccentricity and difference. And sometimes that's true and powerful. Um, and yet, we also have to mix, right? I mean, we also have to integrate. And uh, I love the idea that we we fight for our diversity and. We also need to fight for where we integrate, and I think there's incredible power there, especially when we um, when we kind of are really clear about who we are. So, you know, be thinking about that. Be think of uh, thinking about yourself. Are you somebody that integrates well? Are you somebody that really um, that, that understands it? And or you you come in with prejudice and bias, and and you just you just only see the difference. To me, there's incredible value in seeing everything. Let's go now to uh, you know. This concept of if you had to move to another place of the world, it's a hard thing, right? Anywhere in the world. Even if it's to a country that seems pretty similar to your own home. Here's Corinne Collins talking about what it was like to leave England and to come to Utah. As you can tell, I'm not from around here. And even though I've lived in America for almost six years, there are a lot of things I'm still adjusting to. Six years ago, an 18-year-old me left England and tried Mexican food for the first time. I'd never had a Slurpee, or eaten cornbread, or driven in a car for more than six hours. In England, we don't have soda fountains, or more than three fast food restaurants, or s'mores. There were clearly a lot of adjustments to be made. But some of you might think that moving abroad is just like a long vacation. You go and sample the local cuisine, learn some new vocabulary words, and ultimately get a taste of something different from home. 
But moving away isn't really like that. I cannot count the times that I've almost been hit by cars because I looked the wrong way when I crossed the street, or how difficult it was to learn all the different road traffic rules, or even to speak in an accent that could be understood by, well, anyone. I was 18 years old, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, experiencing this new world and new life. But it was different to know that I could be experiencing it for, well, potentially forever, and on my own. Cultural differences become incredibly important when you move across the world. And while England and the US are not-so-distant cousins, there are definitely enough differences to make communication hard. So I still feel silly when I have to ask what Twinkies are. Okay, I'm joking, I do know what Twinkies are. But I still forget to call the bonnet the hood, or the boot the trunk, or the pavement the sidewalk. Candy will forever be sweets in my vocabulary, and I'm not sure I'll ever be able to call trousers pants or a jumper a sweater. And I'll get asked where I'm from every time I go to the grocery store, or to do an American accent by all of my co-workers. But that's all right, because I'm immersing myself in a different and new culture, and this is an opportunity for me to grow in all aspects of myself. So, in short... I might be a great British weirdo, but I'm also becoming an American one. Good stuff. Corinne Collins, you're not just a great British weirdo. You are our British weirdo, which is even better, Corinne. Love that one. Love that segment. Um, you know, I, a lot of the words she said, I, don't, I didn't even understand what she was saying. Like, what's a sloipy? Is that what she said? Good stuff. See, diversity. It adds so much flavor. It adds so much life. And we all have so many problems with it. There, I mean, just the stuff that's going on in the world, um, some of the legal cases going on in the United States, and uh, we just it's gone on. Rodney King, O.J. Simpson, all of these things that tend to tear us apart, they don't have to. There is so much good going on in America. There's so much good going on. Everywhere, and I don't want to just be Pollyanna-ish, but quite honestly, where else would you rather be? Uh, apparently, we could go to—I don't know—Kenya. Uh, we could go to Norwegian or Norway. We could go to um, Alaska. We can go to Great Britain. And yet, when we get there, we're just going to run into a bunch of people who are just like us, trying to basically do what we do, and who have fears, who have insecurities who have doubts, that feel alone. Remember, that which is most personal is most universal. And I think as we look at our lives and we look at the people around us, especially the people in your family, um, there is there is so much more we have in common. I work a lot when I'm um, teaching conflict resolution to try to teach people to um, look for where what the similarities, look for the things we have in common. Usually I found when it's uh, when we're trying to work with somebody and create common ground, we have to look for common ground and, and find it and point it out. We all basically need sleep, right? We all need food and water. We all need to be loved and cared for. We need to be touched. We need to be appreciated. We need to feel safety. We need to feel trust. And um, again, it's ours to give. It's ours to take. So honestly, are we really that different? And there's some great quotes that we came up with that I just wanted to run through a few of them. Here's one by Israel Zangwell that says, America is God's crucible, the great melting pot where all the races of Europe are melting and reforming. The real American has not yet arrived. He is only in the crucible. I tell you, he will be the fusion of all races. Uh, another one, America is great because it has uh, because it has as much diversity in geographies as it does in peoples. 
America is that that was Aurora Rain. Gerald Stanley Lee said, America is a tune. It must be sung together. Uh, Val Sainsbury, another great quote, says, my favorite thing about the United States, lots of Americans, one America. Where do we unite? Where are we one? Can you think about it? Where are you one with the people uh, in your world? I remember after 9-11, we felt like we were one. I remember uh, being stuck at the LAX Marriott, um, teaching a workshop. All the airplanes that were flying from New York that were involved on 9-11 were on their way to L.A. And, um, you know, then we had the tragic, tragic uh, 9-11 problems. And when that went down, we turned into one nation for a while. And I remember being stuck in L.A., needing to get back to Utah, and remember getting on a bus. actually had to uh, take all my equipment, all my my uh, PowerPoint stuff, my computers, my projectors, and get on a Greyhound bus with a bunch of people I had never seen in my life in a way in – a, in, you know, not really wanting to ever see them, I thought – and we drove, you know, all the way to um, Salt Lake City, stopping neatly in every city and town along the way. And with every stop, the bus would stop. The driver would say, uh, wherever, um, Bakersfield, California, smoke them if you got them. And everyone would get off and go have their smoke. And we would all just sit there. And we one by one, city by city, town by town, we fought our way back after this trauma of 9-11. I remember getting home, being so excited to be with my family, and um, then hearing the stories of my, how my family, what they were feeling going through 9-11, and remembering that those were the same stories I was, I was hearing being told while I was in L.A. So we don't have to have a collapse of our government or our towers or our people. We don't have to have a terrorist act to bring us together. I think as uh, was so perfectly brought up by Eric Dowdle, maybe what we need to do is just make sure we all remember what matters most, which is our families, our friends, our loved ones, our freedoms, and um, and just understand that we're all there. We all are at least united in that. Now, we may be different in how we want to exercise our freedoms. We may be on different pages in what we think is what it constitutes to be free what it constitutes to what rights you should have, who should be able to marry, who shouldn't, all of these things, you know, okay, let us be different and let us always celebrate where we're together. I personally believe just the mere fact that we have a little bit of divinity inside of each of us, that's, that's pretty much all you need to know. Emerson called it the divine spark. We've all got it. We all possess it. It's hard to hurt somebody else if you recognize that inside of them there's a little divine spark, right? Inside of the the president of Kenya and his three children, there's a divine spark. Inside of uh, Eric Dowdle, a divine spark that makes it out. In fact, he basically alluded to the fact that we have to go looking for this spirit of the people. We don't just draw who they are. Inside of each of us, there's something very special. And I promise you, as you are trying to get through this crazy life, if you'll just uh, focus a little bit more on the deeper meanings, like Eric brought up your families, maybe this divine spark, Maybe just the fact that you're really lucky to have what you have. Count your blessings. I'm going to challenge you. Today's challenge is to go home, hug the people that are close to you, 
and thank your God above that you have a chance every single day to be alive and to um, enjoy more of this crazy thing we call life. Hang on out there. Make sure you're watching out after each other. And join us every afternoon, 5 o'clock Eastern time, for more of the Matt Townsend Show, where we're going to help you get through this thing one way or another. Appreciate you all joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Connect with Matt on BYU Radio's Facebook page and Twitter at BYU Radio. KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education.